Winning means rising each time you fall. We all feel fear from time to time, and that's okay. Feel the fear and do it anyway, goes the saying. One way I've learned to overcome fear is to keep this thought always in the back of my mind. Winning is nothing more than rising each time you fall. We should worry less about falling, failing and more about the chances we miss when we don't even try. After all, many of the people we most admire failed many times. For instance, Babe Ruth struck out 1,330 times. Albert Einstein didn't talk until he was four. Beethoven's music teacher said, as a composer, he's hopeless. Louis Pasteur was graded mediocre in chemistry. Rocket scientist Wernher von Buren failed ninth grade algebra. Chemist Madame Marie Curie experienced near financial ruin before creating the field of nuclear chemistry and forever changing the course of science. Steve Jobs was fired by Apple after he founded it and later returned to run the company and invent the iPhone. Dr. Seuss's first book was rejected by 27 publishers. Below are events in the life of a history, history, life history of a man who failed many times, but kept fighting back. See if you can guess who it is. This man failed in business at age 22, was defeated by the state legislature at age 23, failed in business at age 25, coped with the death of his sweetheart at age 26, suffered a nervous breakdown at age 27, was defeated for speaker at age 29 was defeated for congressional nomination at age 34, was elected to Congress at age 37, lost renomination for Congress at age 39, was defeated for the Senate at age 46, was defeated for the Vice Presidency of the United States at age 47, and was defeated for the Senate at age 49. This person was none other than Abraham Lincoln. Elected President of the United States at age 51, he rose each time he fell and eventually reached his destination, gaining the respect and admiration of all the nations and people. Be strong in hard moments. The poet Robert Frost wrote, Two roads diverged in the woods, and I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. I've come to believe that there are certain hard moments, diverging road moments, that if we are strong in them, will make all the difference down the road of life. So what exactly are hard moments? Hard moments are conflicts between doing the right thing and doing the easier thing. They're the key tests and defining moments of life and how we handle them can literally shape our, our forevers. They come in two sizes, small and large. Small hard moments occur daily and include things like getting up when your alarm rings early, controlling your temper, or disciplining yourself to finish your homework. If you can conquer yourself and be strong in these moments, your days will run so much more smoothly. Also, you won't have to stress about them anymore. For example, if I'm weak in a hard moment and sleep in, mattress over mind, it often snowballs and becomes the first of many little failures throughout the day. But if I get up when planned, mind over mattress, it often becomes the first of many little successes. In contrast to small hard moments, large ones occur every so often in life and include things like surrounding yourself with good friends, resisting negative peer pressure, rebounding after a major setback. You may get cut from a team or dumped by your first love. Your parents may get a divorce or you may have a death in the family. There are moments and they have huge consequences and often strike when you're least expecting them. 
If you recognize that these moments will come, and they will, then you can prepare for them and meet them head on like a warrior and come out victorious. Be courageous at these key junctures. Don't sacrifice your future happiness for one night of pleasure, a weekend of excitement, or a thrilling moment of revenge. If you are ever thinking about doing something really stupid, remember these lines from Shakespeare's, wow, Shakespeare twice in one chapter. What win I if I gain the thing I seek? A dream, a breath, a froth of fleeting joy? Who buys a minute's mirth to wail a week? Or sells eternity to get a toy? For one sweet grape, who will the vine destroy? Those lines are about sacrificing your future for a brief moment of joy. Who would want to give up the rest of his or her life for a toy? Or who would want to buy a minute of happiness for a week's worth of pain? Who would destroy an entire vine for just one grape? Only a stupid person would. Overcoming peer pressure. Some of the hardest moments come when facing peer pressure. Saying no when all your friends are saying yes takes raw courage. However, standing up to peer pressure, what I call won't power, is a massive deposit in your PBA. A counselor at a high school shared this. A freshman girl rushed into my office before school with tears streaming down her face. They hate me. They hate me. She had just been dumped by her group of friends who told her to get lost because she had been too good the day before to ditch school and ride up to Chicago for the day. She said at first she wanted to go, but then thought how much it would hurt her mom when the school called home and told her that her daughter wasn't in school. She felt she just couldn't do that to her mom because she had made so many sacrifices for her, she couldn't let her down. She stood up and said, no, I can't do it, and everyone just blew her off. She thought the next day that everything would be okay, but it wasn't. They all told her to find new friends because she was too good for them. Through the tears and pain, she began to see that she felt good inside, but lonely, as her friends didn't accept her. But she accepted herself and gained self-respect and inner peace despite outside rejection, a life lesson learned, and a moment of standing up for herself. Some peer pressure can be so strong that the only way to resist it is to remove yourself entirely from the environment you're in. This is especially the case if you're involved in a gang, a fraternity or sorority, or a tight group of friends. For Heather, changing her environment was the best solution. Even though I knew for a long time that I needed to change my friends, I just didn't know how. My best friend would encourage me to do the things she was, like doing drugs. Before long, people at school started to call me names, and I still wanted to be friends with her and my other friends because I would think about all the good times we had had together. Yet, when I went out with them at night, we would get into stuff and that we weren't supposed to. I knew I was holding on to things that I shouldn't be. I decided I needed to change my whole environment and get away from it all. I asked my mom if I could go and stay with my aunt and get a new start and find a better group of friends. And she agreed. And since I've moved in with my aunt now around new friends, I say whatever I feel is right. And I'm being more myself. And I don't care what people say about me. And if they don't like me, oh well. This is me and I'm not going to change just to fit in with them. I'm going to change for me. To overcome peer pressure, you've got to care more about what you think 
than what other people think. As this sort of short poem by Portia Nelson reminds us, any day of the week, I would choose to be out with others in touch with myself than to be in with others and out of touch with myself. Why is peer pressure so hard to resist? It's because sometimes you're just dying to belong. That's why teens are often willing to go through brutal hazing rituals to become a member of a club or fraternity or sorority. Some get into drugs and violence because a and become members of gangs. Some feel they have to suck up to certain people to be popular and then drop their old friends on the way up the social ladder. At times you may need to take a risk, resist the peer pressure and do the right thing. John of Brooklyn told this story. Some of my friends sophomore year started a page on Facebook about hating a girl in our class. It was really awful. They'd make memes out of photos of her and write terrible messages about her. There's really no reason to do this. She was just kind of an outsider and people were taking it so, so way out of control that it wasn't even funny. Some of my friends were pressuring me to participate, but I just refused. Finally, I reported the group for hate speech anonymously and it got shut down. I knew it was the right thing to do. I t also told the principal, without naming names, that some people in the grade were cyberbullying, and we had an assembly about it. I was scared of having to face everyone the next day at school, but no one knew it was me who did it. In fact, I went up and talked to the girl in math class just to get to know her a little and let her know that she wasn't alone. Turns out she was a nice person, and we've been friends ever since, and she still doesn't know it was me who stopped the bullying. The good kind of pressure. Not all peer pressure is bad. In fact, much of it can be very good. If you can find a friend who puts positive pressure on you to be your best, then hang out with him or her because you've got something very special, someone who's got your back. If you find yourself wanting to stand up but instead are continually caving into peer pressure, here are two things you can do. First, build your PBA, your personal bank account. If your self-confidence and self-respect are low, how can you expect to have the strength to resist? What can you do? You can begin today to build your PBA little by little. Make a promise to yourself and keep it. Help someone in need. Develop a talent. Renew yourself. Eventually, you'll have a sufficient strength to forge your own path instead of following the beaten one. You may want to review the chapter on the personal bank account. Second, write your mission statement and set goals. If you haven't decided what your values are, how can you expect to stick up for them? It will be a whole lot easier to say no if you know what goals you're saying yes to. For example, it's easier to say no to cutting class when you're saying yes to your goal of getting good grades and making it to college. You may want to review the chapter on habit two. Begin with the end in mind. The common ingredients of success. In the final analysis, putting first things first takes discipline. It takes discipline to manage your time. It takes discipline to overcome your fears. It takes discipline to be strong in the hard moments and resist peer pressure. A man by the name of Albert Gray spent years studying successful people in an attempt to figure out the special ingredients that made them all successful. What do you think he found? Well, it wasn't dressing for success or eating Greek yogurt or having a positive attitude. Instead, this is what he found. Read it carefully. Albert E. Gray's Common Denominator of Success. All successful people have the habit 
of doing the things failures don't like to do. They don't like doing them either necessarily, but their disliking is subordinate to the strength of their purpose. What does this mean? It means that successful people are willing to suck it up from time to time and do things they don't like to do. Why do they do them? Because they know these things are going to lead them to their goals. In other words, sometimes you've just got to exercise your special human tool called willpower to get things done, whether you feel like it or not. Do you think a concert pianist always enjoys hours of practice each day? Does a person who is committed to earning her own way through college enjoy taking a second job? I remember reading a story about an all-American college wrestler who was asked what the most memorable day of his career had been. He replied that it was one day during his career when he pr practice had been canceled. He hated practice, but was willing to ent endure it for the greater purpose, his love of being the best he could be. A final word. We've surveyed thousands of people on the seven habits, and guess which habit is the hardest one to live? You guessed it. It's habit three. So don't get discouraged if you struggle with it. You've got company. If you don't know where you start with habit three, go by baby steps. That's what they are for, to help you get started. Your teen years can be some of the most exciting and adventurous years of your life, so value each moment as this poem so beautifully communicates. To realize the value of one year, ask a student who failed his or her AP exams. To realize the value of one month, ask a mother who gave birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, ask an editor of a weekly magazine. To realize the value of one day, ask a daily wage laborer who has six kids to feed. To realize the value of one hour, ask a lover who is waiting to meet. To realize the value of a minute, ask a person who missed their train. To realize the value of a second, ask one person who survived an accident. To realize the value of one millisecond, ask the person who won a silver medal in the Olympics. Coming attractions. Just up ahead, we'll talk about the stuff that life is made of. I think you'll be surprised what that stuff is, so keep moving. By the way, you're halfway done with this book. Congratulations.